and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 3, Episode 14, the show where Diane comes back, in which Frasier and his former fiancée, Diane Chambers, meet once more and confront their feelings for one another. Now, Key, I have a feeling I may have asked you this question before. So if I have, you can sidestep it in as elegant a fashion as you'd like. You can go on off on a tangent. What's the last great play you saw? Have I, have I asked you that? You have not, actually. Have I not? not? Not specifically what is the last great play you I saw. I feel like we've talked about plays we've seen, but I've, yeah, maybe we, I've not asked that. I think we have, um, mm. but I don't think we... It was not what was the last great play. That's a mm. good question. Well, I'm impressed. Well, Thank I'm you very much. <laughs> um, I think it would have to be um, probably Dear Evan Hansen in London. Oh, wow. I thought that's um, really good. Shan and I went to see it in the November before lockdown and the world came to a halt. Yeah. Um, which was really, really good. It was um, it was a bit weird because like Shan was sobbing her heart out on one side of me, and this random girl I didn't know was sobbing her heart out on the other side of me. And I was like, "Do I comfort them? Do I just I do you just do the old yawn trick and like put your arm <laughs> yeah. around both?" <laughs> Honestly, it was crazy. Like they were both like genuinely sobbing, and me just in the middle going. Okay. You, didn't, you didn't feel the emotion? I mean, I, I'm not familiar with Evan Hansen's plot or anything. I just know it's an acclaimed play. Um, yeah, it was... I is don't it a real tearjerker? I, I didn't think it was... I was like, it's a tearjerker. I didn't... I, it didn't make me cry. For the general populace, perhaps. <laughs> it, didn't mean, it did for every woman in the room. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, really good, really good play. It, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Even if you don't listen, if you don't go see the play, I'd recommend just having to listen to the soundtrack. Oh, is it, is it a musical as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, wow. Um... I don't know if you know Ben Platt. Oh, the name rings a big bell. So he he was I think he, he you, I first saw him when Shan made me watch Pitch Perfect and he played Benji the magician. In okay. That. But um he starred in, in on the broad in Broadway um in America he starred as Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. And it's just sort of exploded his career. He got like a Netflix concert. He's just released his first album. Jeez he got a TV show called The Politician. Oh, I'm um, familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, um, and now he's going to be like a superstar. That's mad. Um, but yeah, it's a really, it's really, really good. Like the songs are phenomenal because they're not only catchy, but they really, they tell. When I when I auditioned for drama schools and stuff, they used to tell you the biggest thing when you're singing is not the ability to sing well. Yeah, you have to be able to. Um, you have to be okay. Yeah, you need to be. You can't like, be completely off pitch. Tone deaf, yeah. But beyond that, if you can tell a story when you sing, if you can tell the journey of the song, that's all that really matters, and you'll you'll suck people in. That, that's just um, so true because, like, I feel yeah. like when I listen to musicians, a lot of the musicians I like, and this goes back to the seventies through to contemporary musicians. The ones I like the most are the ones that might, don't have the best technical singing ability because, like, yeah. when their voice kind of cracks or breaks or something, and you just, it's it's real, you know. It's yeah. like auto tune. You don't get any of that, and that's not to say auto tune can't be used well. You know, people like Kanye West and stuff have used auto tune to really amazing effect. Um, but it's just yeah, I'm I completely get that. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of big singers who aren't actually particularly great singers who have done very very well mm-hmm. because they can tell us a story and tell the journey of the song, but. I think Ben Platt does that very well. And that's not to say he's not a good singer. He's a very, very good singer. Um, but he, he, I think he really does... There's an emotional message to his songs that are really good. I mean, obviously, he wasn't in the version I saw. I, I saw the the London version, which had mm-hmm. a cast who... I can't actually remember their names. But they were very good. I wonder it was if they're very... going to be on a similar path to stardom after being in the London Possibly. one. You'd think one, so. One of the guys, because um, we actually saw... The, the one who was playing Evan, he was actually the understudy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was his first ever, um, I think it was his first ever like professional play. Really? Um, yeah, and he did a really good job. So I, I forget his name. He did a great job. If he's listening, he's probably not. Um, <laughs> we and we if don't you, know if who you can, are. If fine. he can identify himself from this. <laughs> Um, you did a great job, mate. Really, really well done. What was the biggest audience you ever performed in front of? Um, Can you... Not, not, not big. Probably a couple, two hundred and fifty people. Maybe. That is massive. That's, it's not that massive. You say I, mean, not I suppose me, technically, but... we probably have an audience of, on this show of probably more than two hundred and fifty. I imagine. I know. But so technically, you've got here, a They can't got... boo us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they they can aggressively vote on Apple Podcasts. They can do that for more direct. <laughs> not, what, not, relevant, not, not relevant. Not relevant. More direct relevancy or whatever <laughs> they, they they put on that review. Um, but yeah, thank you for that, Key. Shall we? What, what about you? I should oh. ask. What? Um, God, it's been that long. Um. It might genuinely have been death of a salesman at the RSC, which was yeah. I've I've never seen the R- years ago. <laughs> I've never seen the RSC do a bad show. No, they're they're top um, top draw. Top I draw. saw Christopher Eccleston do Macbeth there. It was fantastic. Yeah, I've I weirdly um, heard mixed reviews about Eccleston's Macbeth, but I think it's just because he's it. quite like. Didn't they have like a massive clock? Yeah, the, and I, it was it was quite it was a bit of a because the. I mean, you're not going to see it, are you? Oh, you're just oh, going no, to no, buy the DVD. No, <laughs> um, I mean, I know Macbeth to so, so spoil it. Uh, you know. So the three witches were played by like three little kids, like eight-year-old girls, right? And they were really creepy. And there was a that oh, could work, I think. And with yeah. the, and basically all the way through, there's a clock ticking down, um, and you can hear it. it. It's ticking all the time, um, and it gets louder and louder as it gets closer to the time. And basically, it's ticking down to the end of the play and the death and all that. Mm. Um, and I think he's got like a bit of a because um, I went to see it with my mom and I we both sort of thought he had a bit of like a shining Stephen King kind of vibe to it. Yeah, well that sounds like I'd love it. And I I really liked it actually. I I I, I really liked it. In the end. I think it might be. I'm not 100 percent sure. It might be on iPlayer because I know iPlayer put a number of RS, the RSCs plays on for. Um, yeah, I miss so many of them. I miss the so boat we locked down. And wish I'm not sure them. if they're still on there, but it I, well worth a watch. And I'm seeing. Um, Hopefully everything goes to plan. In June, I'm going to go see Macbeth at um, Winterbourne Gardens in Birmingham. Oh my God, I love Winterbourne Gardens. Great place. Um, the Lord Chamberlain's men. It's an all-male um, group that do Shakespeare. They do they do one play a year, and they tour the country. And in Birmingham each year, they only do one show. Um, Is it always which, at Winterbourne? Yeah. Wow. And they do it outside. And if it rains, sun, whatever, you, you're, it's on and you're watching That's it. That's awesome. Um, and I, I assume caught... it's sold out now. It I might. I I got ticket a couple of weeks ago, so it might well be that you can Worth still get having a ticket. A look, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's about. I want to say about sixteen quid a ticket, fifteen quid. Sounds worth it. Um, but I saw them do the Tempest about three years ago, and it was mm. really good. Yeah. And I wanted to go the following year, and I ended up having a thing on, so I couldn't go. And then there was lockdown, and so um, yeah. Re- hopefully, as long as everything goes to plan, I just because it's a Friday night, but um, all being well. I think that'll be amazing. I'm really oh, excited for that. for that. Yeah, I was just thinking that clock in the Macbeth thing, very like apocalyptic and yeah, like almost yeah dystopian, and that really appeals to me as well. I think trying to make like a lot of Shakespeare's plays do feel like that in some way. So you know, I yeah. can see how and that this idea work. of like, sort of destined and all that is yeah, that it's yeah, it's yeah. always just counting down to that moment. And yeah, I really liked it. I if if you are in the UK and you're age 16 to 25, I don't know how many people take advantage of this. I did. It's and so good. The £10 been, tickets or whatever they are. It's five quid a ticket five for 16 quid. to 25. Um, 
And I feel the lockdown has robbed me of my last couple of years of that. I know. We've only got uh, like six months in exactly, that to, exactly. to squeeze that deal. Um, but um, if, if you are, well, what, for five quid, um, it's a great date idea and you look like you've spent a lot more than you actually have. You do. Just saying it. You do. Um, and acts like London, there's probably nowhere better. Like, yeah. And you yeah. do get some genuinely great acts like Adrian Edmondson, Christopher Eccleston, some big TV actors who've done... RSC shows. So, this is, I mean, I should say, like, there are other providers of This is not stuff. a sponsored <laughs> RSC uh, advert, but they, but if they do want to start paying us for it. They get a lot of free publicity here. <laughs> um, shall we talk ourselves in the trivia corner? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. So, we've got plenty sent to us from the usual suspects uh, Hamish and Corey et al. So, I'll begin with Corey's. No, I'll. Hamish, Hamish. It was Corey last week, and that was the completely wrong order. So, okay. Question numero uno, okay. What Emmy Award did this episode win? Very coming out of the <laughs> coming out of the blocks here with an, uh, This oh. is really tough. Hamish did send me a message uh, in the week saying I need to make my trivia harder because you <laughs> you, you blitzed through it last no, week. No, easier, so, easier. We need it easier. No, this is this is um, hard. I feel like if I get it right, we all get a dopamine rush. So <laughs> everyone wins. Um, I am gonna say best. It, what I mean, what do I know? The, it, I don't even know it, the Emmy it, categories. It's a technical award. Best camera lighting. Oh, I mean, you're, you're as close as you're ever going to get with a guess here. It's outstanding editing for a series in multi-camera production. I, I did feel the editing was fantastic. I mean, it was particularly good. Um, that is that is a very hard question, but you gave it a good stab there. Um, Diane Chambers features three times in Frasier. Hmm. However, what is unique about this particular episode over the other two appearances? Okay, so she she appeared in Adventures in Paradise. At the end, she's on the like the balcony, isn't she? Um, when oh, Frasier, does he what? go back and she's there? Is that uh, yes? But it's a it's a yeah 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 yeah. She's in that one. She's in this one, and she's in. Is it done one in done one in hell when? That is yeah, correct. He's, he's yeah, she's old girlfriend. Yeah. Um, okay, so I nearly in, said in, something in, a minute ago that might in have... the season nine one. It's a fantasy, isn't it? It's in his head. It is, I think. Yeah, I just, I can't remember in. Bora Bora in the Adventures in Paradise. Was that in his head as well? Bora Bora, hubba hubba. <laughs> hubba hubba. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember. It, it's possibly that this is the only one where she actually appears. Mm-hmm. But I don't know with the Adventures in Paradise whether she was actually there or not, or whether it was in his head. I can't remember. Um, you good, sir. I can't think of anything else that would differentiate them. Otherwise... Maybe yeah, it's I'm in this same. one. She wears red trousers. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. It's not, uh, it's not that. Uh, okay, I'm going to say that this one, it's actually her. And in the other two, it's some kind of a dream sequence. Absolutely spot it? on. Because when you were saying the Bora Bora one, I was like, hang on. I couldn't, couldn't remember she was in that. Does that undo Hamish? But that's what he's referring to because that's a dream. Um, yeah. And then I don't know, I don't know how it's a dream. Just like, then Niles, you wake up and Niles is there, or yeah, I think it, it is, isn't it? And then Niles comes out. He wake and he the looks over and she's there and he screams. And then um, Niles comes out and says there is a huge bug in the <laughs> in the bathroom. Like um, okay, brilliant stuff there. Question three: Key. When Daphne asked who Diane was, what was Frasier's very first description of her? Wasn't it to do with her job? Wasn't it like oh, she was a barmaid in? In Boston, yeah, you, you've got fifty percent of the answer here. I mean, I'm just being oh. a pedant to try. He, he says a something Boston barmaid. Uh, 
Um, I mean, I'm pro- I'm going to give you the point, but she was a. It's to do with it's to do with like time, you know, temporality. She was a briefly a Boston mermaid, or a, a um, so close. Small, she was a small Boston mermaid, <laughs> a one-time Boston barmaid, which I don't really understand Does because it... she was she was there for like five years. Didn't she? But didn't she? She leave and then come back again. I think so. I don't so I feel know. Like what, it makes her two time. I, I think don't Fraser know how long time is working here. Um, but there you go. Um, so yeah, I'll give you two out of three there, Key. Thank you. I would those cues. I'd okay, we'll give you one, one out of three. Um, <laughs> do you want to ask me yours before we do the rest? Okay. What is the name mm-hmm. of Niles's secretary? Oh my god, man! It's when he presses the intercom. He's like, "Send yeah. Mister X home." I mean, if you can get his name as well, I'll be even more impressed. I certainly can. Uh, um, <laughs> does it begin with an M? No. Oh, I really thought it did. Neither uh, of them begin with an M. He he is Mr. Carr. Mr. Carr. Yeah. I'm going to say, like, oh, Juliet. Uh, I think I've got Lucille. Oh, Lu- Lucille. Lucille. Really uncommon sense. name. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a song called Lucille, as I remember. I think there was. I don't remember it. But, mm. um, yeah, it Lucille, can you send Mr. Carr home, please? That also, sounds like a lyric from, like an old Hollywood song. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Carr. I love his, his voice. Is this about a woman? Take all the time Take you need. Take all the time you need. I've literally got that on the review, man. Question number two. Lay it on, though. What are the signs that Lilith is in town? Um... Dogs forming into packs yeah, and one. blood sweet seeping down the walls. Yeah, I think you might be weeping on the walls. Yeah, or the walls I think it is weeping, blood, weeping, weeping at the that's, walls. That's good enough. Yeah, like, very shining esque. Another shining reference for this it episode. Is. There you go. Okay. Can you get two out of three? Can I? That's a big question. Third and final question. In this episode, how hmm. far did Fraser walk? Wow. How far did Fraser There's a specific walk? thing, Gary says. I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's in blocks. Oh, I can't even remember the context of this quote. When, when, when is he um, walking? So it's that brilliant scene in Cafe Nervosa when he has a conversation entirely with, with himself. His, with himself. I love yeah. that. Um, and he references how long he's walked, like thinking about the problems and stuff. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll quote. X blocks and Bruno Marley's be damned. Yeah, yeah, I've made a note about the Bruno Marley's. Um, I reckon it's going to be somewhere between ten and twenty. That seems feasible. Um, I mean, how long is a block, or does that depend block to block? It kind of depends on the American city, but it, it has become weirdly a kind of standardized. For me, in in our time, if I was to put a number on what a, a block is. Because obviously it's like it's like from one intersection to the other in like New York, isn't it? You know, it's from like one crossroads to another because it's a block of they're all like gridded the buildings. Oh, okay. So that's what a block that makes is. I um, just thought it's like a street, weirdly enough. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like when one street meets till till it meets another street kind of thing. Wow. Um, if you imagine walking down like Fifth Avenue, New York, it's just like like that. Obviously, listeners can't see what the hell I'm doing. I make that noise. I reckon it's probably about you know 400 yards or something. Uh, I reckon he's walked 16 blocks. Why don't you double that and you'll get your magic number? 32 blocks! 32 blocks and Bruno Marley's be damned. Jesus, that's a lot of walking. That is yeah. a lot of walking. I mean, let me, in fact, let me Google how long is a block. Let's see if it has any kind. 
Mm, the standard block in Manhattan is about 264 by 900 feet. In Chicago, it's 330 by 600 feet, meaning that, a si that 16 east to west blocks measure one mile. Oh, that's not that far then. That's, so, he's walked two miles. Yeah, that's not far at all, really. I mean, you know... He needs to get over himself. <laughs> it's, it's, if you're walking in a straight line somewhere, it might feel long. In Seattle, that wouldn't... When you're in a city, you can walk a lot further than you think, I find. Like, in London, I'm just like... You can get anywhere. You disagree? I I, when I lived in London, I, I, I mean, I didn't enjoy walking in London. It's one of the things I really didn't like about London. I couldn't go for, like, just an evening walk without feeling threatened. I know what you mean. Um, I know what you mean. There. I don't know what it is. I just I feel like I walk further... When I'm not in, maybe it's, it's I think it's probably specific to London, but um, it's not I don't the know nicest. It's not the most pedestrianised city in the world. It's not no. no. And and you can't feel ever on your anywhere else in the country. You see a zebra crossing, you think, well, I'm in I'm in control here. And in, in London, London it's you like, are this not. is a this is a flip of the coin right now <laughs> about whether I survive. But yeah, um, what, one out of three, mate. How are you feeling? Not great. It's not a passing grade, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so that leaves us with Corey's, and we've got some from Niall Crane, Hot Has Orchid, and Run for Your Life as well. So, MK, numero uno. Name all the rewards Fraser uses to try and show up Diane. Oh, I love this. In his house, he wants to strategically put the awards around. Oh, the awards? Yeah. I thought you said rewards. I did, <laughs> oh, and that's what it says on here, so I think that must be a little little mini typo there. Not to completely okay. throw Corey under the bus live on air. There was there was one which is like the the mayor's plaque. Yes. I think. Is that one? The, obviously C B at the end. Of course. Was there one which was like this one Man is... of the Year award? Absolutely. I don't know. I'm gonna give you the point for that. I couldn't then... make out what he says before. It's it. Otis Clandenning. Um that's a tough I feel like he's the guy who wrote, um, is it Dock on the Bay or the Ship on the Bay? <laughs> I was sitting was, on the dock of a bay. That, that one, yeah, was that not that guy? <laughs> Otis Glendening. Maybe he wrote the holotropic mind from Space Quest. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you four points there, Key. That's that's really well done. Question two: What's the name of the KACL caller this episode? I don't think that is a KACL caller this episode. Is that? Does... I thought we end up, we end, we start at the end of his show. Someone doing it. someone calls. I don't know if Roz makes a reference to someone on the line. He's put here in brackets, sorry for being sneaky. Um, he okay, so it's not someone who calls Frasier? I couldn't say for sure, but I feel like Roz says it when she's screening. I mean, yeah, she does, because she says, X have just called. Yeah. There's oh, some, wait. Someone so, okay, so it's not an external call, is it? It's an internal call. Could be. Is it... it Security, the security call to say a woman just brushed past them. Absolutely, security calls and, well played. And I love the fact that someone got past them. Well, we'll give them a call, let them know they're coming. Yeah, you know, we'll let them that. know this potential assassins on the <laughs> yeah. way, and you know. And, and with all respect to Diane Chambers, she's not the biggest woman. I feel like the security team should be able to take her. But... Who are they hiring at this place? <laughs> you know. Also, would KCL have security? I mean, it's, I, I imagine, I imagine would ish. They they are celebs, I guess. Um, possibly, yeah, possibly because it's a um, just like a door man. It wouldn't be like you know BBC level, would it? Where you need like I, don't think I mean, so. I mean Niall shows up in that bloody booth all the time. Like oh, <laughs> Fraser, look, I've just bought John Steinbeck, you know, Katie the Virgin. Um, so there you go. Um, question three, and this has got six parts to it, Kay, um, oh, which should fill you with dread, but I don't think it will. Match all of the names Diane used to her the characters in her play. To their real life Cheers K. 
counterparts. Excellent I think, question. I think I can do this. Okay. One, Franklin Frazier. Correct. Two, Norm is now Ned. Ned. Three, um... Give me another beer, you damn lousy hick. Please, <laughs> <laughs> if there's both for karaoke. karaoke. How good was the guy who voiced Cliff's character as well? I thought he was really good. He sounded exactly right? like him. Uh, going to go now, university. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carla is Darla. Yes, she is. Sam, it's either it was either Dan or Stan. I couldn't quite make it out. It is one it, of those, okay. Stan? Stan. It is Stan. It's oh. Stan. It's Stan. Um, oh, and then obviously Diane is uh, Marianne. Yeah, she is. What makes us come here every night? Marianne. Marianne. That is so sinister. <laughs> Genuine chills. Oh, the question is, who is Cliff? Um, oh, okay. So this is... Corey's putting brackets here. This is the one, the one only mentioned in the script itself and so can serve as a bonus answer. I don't think they're specifically named... I- Oh, okay. I didn't read the script prior to doing. I've got the script there, but I won't look. Okay, I'm not sure if it would have like popped up at like the credits or something. I just oh, take take I... a take a stab. Cliff is now. It begins with C, and it's a, yeah. a kind of offbeat name like Cliff. Clive. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say it then. Oh, is, is it not Clark? It's Clark. It's Clark. Clark. Honestly, oh. when you said Clive, then I heard the and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, excellent question there from uh, from MK. Okay, Hot House Orchid Key. During the one-sided conversation with Niles at the cafe, how did Fraser get to Nervosa? And how far did he travel? Damn! You walked for 32 blocks. Sorry, Orchid, <laughs> Caitlin, we've done it again. I mean, it's just not realistic if at least one person doesn't have their whole <laughs> trivia week ruined. Um, so we're really, really sorry about that. Um, oh, a nice a visual one from Niall Crane. Oh, we no. know he loves a vis. During Diane's play, there is a picture hung up in the bar of a girl and a dog. What breed is the dog in the photo? And what item of clothing are the girl in the picture and Diane both wearing? This is some observation. I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't even notice the picture. Neither did I. So I'm going to take a stab at this. I'm going to give you a clue. It's a breed of dog that is mentioned in a, in another Frasier joke um, elsewhere in the show. Quite, quite a funny one. I don't think... Don't think we've we've got there yet, but like don't 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 take me on that. Um, <laughs> Could be anything. But it is a breed of dog that's mentioned on the show um, in a in a quite pointed joke, and Niles says it. I'll give you a clue. It's when he wants a brandy from Frasier, and he says, "How exactly is the brandy getting here?" By X, and that's when he names the dog as if the dog is carrying the brandy to him. <laughs> um. It's, oh, okay. I'm just trying to think of what is meant to be a, the smartest dog according to Martin. That's all I could think of because mm-hmm. that's a dog that for me knows how to carry its brandy. Um, was it a border collie last week? He said was the smartest, or a couple of weeks ago, said so was the smartest. They did dog. that did come up, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say a border collie, and and it's wearing the same item. Was it the same item of clothing as you know, the, the girl? Playing? The girl in the picture is wearing the uh, same okay. item. Okay, that, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Um, what do you reckon here? Okay, a, a skirt. It's a necktie. They've got. She's got quite a big cravat thing going on. Oh, uh, okay. An ascot. 
Um, and it is, how exactly is the brandy getting here? By St. Bernard. The, oh. the massive dogs that used to carry medicine around their neck. They used to like, be used as like, kind of... Oh, is that the reference? I always took that reference to be like, because it's a St. Bernard that's in Peter Pan. Who yeah, like, that, looks uh, after the kids exactly, and like she, she Nana, she's got like the thing around her neck where she carries like medicine and things. Like the do- that dog, fake breed, used to do that. Um, I just thought that was a Peter Pan thing. No, it's a real thing. <laughs> but I also always think of Peter Pan and Nana, the dog. So, yeah. um, one mind. I've got to do it again. Run for your life. Asked what is the name of Nas's secretary. So that is two out of three we have <laughs> we have struck out with this week really really sorry but please please keep the trivia coming i mean the chances are of nine questions or whatever we can come up with each week there's going to always be overlap so take it as a compliment that we're all working on the same wavelength but jumping into the review key animation yeah. watch what was it was please? it like a shooting star it was have we seen this before i think we probably have okay. it didn't it didn't jump out at me it's like oh this is unique i'm a fan of this one very understated yeah, it's minimalist, isn't it? It is. It's, um... And it's kind of like blinking, you miss it. And I always like, I like that because I think I have missed it before. And I think we have had this before because I commented that I blinked and missed it. And was like, oh, no, is this one of those damn episodes with no animation at all? And then I went back and saw that it had one. So there you go. We're in KACL. Fraser thinks one of his more ardent fans has arrived at the booth um, to see him. It turns out to be Diane. What do you make of Fraser's scream? I think someone in listener mail brings this up. I personally don't like it. I'm a I don't really not. I don't a big like fan the scream, and I don't like the way the camera like it that's, goes black and then precisely out what, on his face. It's extremely surreal, and um, it's very frozen for me. Like he's mm. not. At, you, I'm pretty sure he's not actually screaming. He's just making when the it, facial it's expression. Just, uh, for people at home, because you can't see, he I'll just a, did a the face. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it uh, it's really fake to me. It's really weird. It doesn't really fit in with the episode or the show generally. Just yeah. it's not that's not the sort of gag it does usually. Um, we never see I, anything like this again, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, not off the top of my head, I can't think. It's, I'm trying to. There's a couple of POV shots we get every now and then, kind of peep show esque, but yeah, it, it's point surreal. of view. <laughs> what did you say? Point of view. <laughs> point of. <laughs> Points of view. Uh, um, Niles, we see him in private practice for the, like, not the first, is it? The, no, it's because we saw it's it in Shrink Wrap. In Shrink Wrap, we saw it quite a lot. Beyond yeah. that, maybe this is the only other time we've seen him up to now. Possibly. Poss- I feel like there may be one other time, perhaps, but I can't remember off the top of my head it is. The only one, um, the one I'm thinking of is definitely sh- Shrink Wrap, because that's the one where Frasier makes all these little comments. And he's like, this, uh, and Niles has the great lines of about McSessions. Yeah, and, and peppy no, little bromides. Hang, no, hanging up on the hard ones here. So you go. No, no, you go, you go. Um, and again, Niles in his office is a thing of beauty. Let me, let's be clear, David Hyde Pierce has never said a bad line when he's sitting in that office. No, like, he hasn't. Every line is hilarious. Like, sort of, it's just one of those phrases just wants to go in my pad. Go in my pad. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just love this this whole setup and I love the guy. Is this about a woman? Take as long as you need. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Carr is a great guy. A great guy. I only got two lines, but he really sells them. Um, and um, you know, Fraser starts going off on one here about the, the yeah. scourge of my existence, etc. What are you going to say? And again, another one of Nas's great lines is, okay, since I can't write down classic denial, I'll just think it. <laughs> I'll just think it. <laughs> yeah, Niles had a lot of great lines this episode. Yeah, he really does. Like He doesn't 
get much to do, but what he does is all great. Mm. All of it's great. Um, and Frasier has some really great lines, starting in this, and then we get it later on. Um, just when he, he... Again, it's that drawl that he can do. Yeah. Just, oh, it, it's like he's he's yanking the words up from the very Depth pit of his heart. heart. Like, yeah. yeah. And just spitting them out. It's fantastic. And it it's just... I, I don't think the one I really love is, is in this, this scene. I think it's later on. Um, but it's so... Like, the way... Obviously, it's still very, very raw for him, mm. the relationship with Diane and how he feels, regardless of the passage of time that, that's gone on and, and his his subsequent success. Um, but he he does it so well. I think he I think Frasier I think well Kelsey really portrays it very well in this episode. My hair's really long, so I'm having to fix don't, my Alice fan to keep worry, it out of my face. Don't worry, I'm no judgment here, no fear um, here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really, really, really strong after. What is for me a really strange opening scene, which I don't like. Yeah. This then jacks up the quality. I think it's a really strong scene. It really is. Um, oh, and I just say I love the fact that sorry, they keep coming to cut across you, but I oh love. Oh no, please. I love that Niles is washing his hands at the entire matter. Is that? Like, oh, see, so you won't be there then. Oh, I'll be there at seven with a cheeky Bordeaux. A cheeky Bordeaux. <laughs> I mean, that line gets a laugh out of me, but. I think the line cheeky and the way he just looks so jo- joyful. Like, it's just yeah. a little bit overdone, in my I, opinion. I just, there's something about just saying the word cheeky and then named by any food and drink and it gets a chuckle out of I it. think except, I'm, I'm the same, or at least I was. Except Nando's. That, it doesn't work that in Nando's. Has been, that has been killed. Um, a very, very painful death over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a great, great interaction between the two of them and, and kind of brotherly... You know, advice here. You know, Frasier, she she hurt you in the most debilitating way imaginable to someone, and you know it's it's so true. And you know, you feel for Frasier here because if you haven't watched Cheers, you know, you you, you don't have this backstory, and it's it's genuinely heart wrenching. You know, you can't think of anything worse for someone in love. Um, it's heavy. It's heavy. Very heavy. I it's mean, heavy indeed. I mean, fair play to Frasier. Actually, shows a lot of maturity in this episode because mm. if if someone left me at the altar. I would not be funding their plaque. I would still be in some kind of bitter depression and it's like, yeah, it'd be terrible. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Kelsey dropping into the chair. Phenomenal physical acting. Um, when he just falls back into that big comfy chair that Mr. Carvin's sitting in. Um, absolutely love that. And just the way he goes, he's like, yeah, that's it, Nars. You're right. And he goes, um, and then what does he hear? Niles says something in response. He's like, no, no, no. That bit about my success and wealth. I tune, I tune the rest of you out. I'm really going to flaunt my success. That, that's me. If someone says, do I like and don't like, and I want an answer specifically, mm. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That bit that agreed with me, that was right. Well yeah. done. That means just the line, I'm really going to flaunt my success, just absolutely kills me. Um, I just love that. Um, when does Fraser say the, the phrase sucking chest wound? Is that when he's back at the apartment? I think that's later because that's one of the two lines of his when he's they say having it from the depths that I really like. Mm. There's that one and there's another one later on, and the other one later on I think is definitely in the, the around the play scene. Okay. Um, but also I think it's really interesting here is that Frasier feels that he can't be honest with Diane because he'd feel weak mm. and the passage of time. I think that's just it's a really interesting point because. Obviously, as a psychiatrist, he's someone who's always about being honest with your emotions and letting them out and telling yeah. people how you feel. But he's still got this sort of masculinity that he can't be openly honest about this 
because of the because he, he didn't do it initially, mm. and now it seems like it's something that's festered or he, he, he that has stuck with him, and that would seem weak to him. Yeah, and the fact that he's not been able to move on from the situation. So I find it really interesting that that's his justification for not saying anything at the start of the episode. Yeah, it is a really interesting insight into just how he's processed these various you know grievances in his past and. He's a, he's got a new life. He has got new wealth, a new family, and it's like you know, the the Cheers crossover episodes aren't always a success, but this one, for, in terms of character development, is a big success. Um, yeah, I, I would say this is a hundred times better than the, the one where Sam came back. It's not even close, is it? Like yeah. the Sam one was for fa- fan service. It was just so people yeah. could see Sam again. This one, I think, there's actually a, a message here. Um, there's something to be said. Um, I mean, Diane showing up the apartment and just putting her foot in it in every way. Like, you were dating the most queer little creature <laughs> about Maris. Um, I just and love, she kind of rubs everyone up the wrong way here. I tell you what, I think, it's Shelley Long, isn't it, who plays it, it Diane? Is, yeah. I think she does a fantastic job in this scene. She's certainly not forgotten how to play Diane at all. No, and just everything, like, her little... I and mean, when she comes into Frasier and she's like, oh, I always keep a bottle of that open myself. Just yeah. this, the, the pomposity is brilliant. With with Martin, the, the physical comedy of just tapping his leg and, and just letting... I think it's really interesting, particularly with Martin's, is that she's coming in and creating this little tornado and putting her foot in every five minutes. But with, with Martin, she takes sort of a back seat mm. and lets Martin take the centre stage of saying everything that's gone wrong and then her putting her foot in it by trying to put a positive spin on it. Yeah. Rather than being the one to immediately put a foot in it. I think that's... It, it breaks up... It's a good change it, of pace, yeah. Yeah, it changes... It prevents any kind of monotony. And then I love her little interplay with Niles again. As you've said, like, the, the queer little creature. And then when she stops and realising, oh, have I put my foot in it? Uh, did you live happily ever after? Nope. Can't say as we did. Can't say as we did. <laughs> so, so good. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember Diane being this pretentious in Cheers obviously she was and that was the point of her character but like obviously she's really ramping it up here like in terms of like the the literary references and the wine and I don't know I just feel like in Cheers she was slightly more palatable um, and a lot of people did like her in Cheers like a lot you know it's, people are either team Diane or team Rebecca um, and it's kind of yeah See, I, I find it interesting that for me it kind of makes sense because if she's at her lowest ebb and she's putting on a front and trying to seem like she's still got it all together it would make sense that she'd go overboard mm. and go too much the other way to which try is and... certainly what you know, she has a breakdown it's like yeah. you know, that's what's been happening but I think I, I think genuinely Shirley Dock, I think she does a really great job in this scene I really like her and and I think as well there's a, there's a couple of other just little things as well when they're actually at the dinner table before the breakdown um, one is where we get the line, Martin's brilliant line of, oh, that's funny, I thought he said, seek help. And she gives him a proper death stare. She does. And she's eyeing him down. And I love that little stare. The only thing I don't like in this scene is her twitch. I because despise the twitch. It's not a, that's not a twitch. It. That's like a seizure. That it is, is a... It's extremely intense. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> please, please <laughs> don't do it, game, please. <laughs> Uh, I really, really dislike the Twitch, uh, the tick, whatever you want to call it. Um, one, because people genuinely suffer from them. Um, 
And yeah. you know, I don't want to. I don't want to make light of that fact. Like, I don't want to keep saying, "Oh, yeah, I hated this Twitch." You know, it's not. I don't hate people with them. I hate the way Diane is acting, having one. Yeah, it doesn't look believable. That's what I hate about it. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. It's just like a slightly flippant plot point that she's like, you know, just to indicate that she's got some kind of nervous breakdown coming. I don't know. Um, and it's just that you can kind of see her building up to it. It's like she knows it's coming. Yeah. And you can sign to see like her readying herself to do the twitch. Um, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? And it it's just it it seems very faked and very acted. And then mm. the fact that the twitch then I think disappears completely after this scene. And the fact that like, Daphne and Martin about four times go there it is again, there it is again. Yeah. I mean, would you be that insensitive? Like you if, would not. No, <laughs> you if, would not. If you saw this in your house, you'd be like, okay, well, you'd never question it. I don't know if this is like certainly in Britain. You never no, you question, question that it. kind of thing. If someone no. just started saying the F word every three words, like just screaming it, you'd be like, this is normal. Yeah. Let's just, let's just keep let's just, just you do. You'd absolutely just pretend it wasn't happening. You like, would. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you absolutely would. <laughs> so, it, um, yeah, that's the one bit of this scene I really don't like about her. It's just that that doesn't seem in any way believable no. for me. Um, and it's not great. But other than that, I think Shelley Long does a really great job in this scene. I, uh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, a lighter question for you, Key. Do you like olives? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you hate olives. I've never had olives. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know what they... What they I imagine they're quite slimy. Is that... Slimy... Not quite. They're more just like very... A kind of bitterness to them. Um, and just very like... Quite salty. And just like a real kind of savoury kick... Um, like if you if you're big on like umami savory flavors, then it's like. But um, I've only had I've only have had green. Um, I've never had black olives because they look like they're gonna be really bitter and. But green, they're more enjoyable, I think. You said um, umami savory flavors. What? Um, what's umami? Umami. So basically, you know, like the the five things the tongue can 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 detect. The tongue, rather. My tongue can detect five things. It can. Let me get them up. Wow, one of them. One well of them. My tongue. Tongue. Five <laughs> senses. Here you go. So it is sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. Um, I feel it, that they're in a very broad category. Like, let's throw one in, and we'll just keep it a bit left wing. I want to know what it is. <laughs> umami. No, let, let me let me see what umami's origins are. Umami. See on Wikipedia, umami or savouriness is one of the five basic tastes. Um, I think it comes from Japanese. Um, Wait, but there, didn't you say there's, there's sweet, sour, savoury, bitter? Oh, salt. You said salt, not savoury. Salt, salt. So umami is just savoury. It's, it's like if you have like um, what's something that's really umami rich, like tomatoes or um, mush, I don't, mushrooms. I don't. Mushrooms don't taste of anything. They do. They do. They don't. They I got like I've, an earthiness. Whenever I've had. Um, have you ever had mushrooms. soy sauce? No. Okay. Well, that that is very umami. I've had I've had I've had mushrooms though on occasion with a fry up, and I didn't like them because I don't taste of anything. <sighs> you gotta have good mushrooms, um, Kay. No, you buy you, some you're oyster them mushrooms. Mouth, I, I, there's no taste here. There's nothing. I think you've been buying naff ones. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> I've, I've never seen anyone eat anything go mmm umami. Mm, it's not. I think it's a term. A lot of people just they'll just say savouriness or saltiness when what they mean is it's umami. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of weird food programs on the radio and stuff and podcasts involving food, 
which is ironic considering you know I can cook like two meals, um, <laughs> but for some reason really into into cooking discussions. And yeah, this this gets thrown up a lot. So really interesting. Like marmite. I've I've never had marmite before. You've never had marmite. Never. That you can is tell like... we're two very different people. You're raving about umami and mushrooms. I'm like, I like Marmite. Marmite, <laughs> marmite is probably the most umamiest thing it, it, I can think of. Marmite is so umami because it's just it... salt. Like, it's salty, savoury earthiness. Is uh, it savoury? M- marmite. Uh, yeah, I don't... That's why I hate it. I mean, it's like salty as F, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it, it's a bit salty. And yeah. I mean, that if you Google like what does marmite taste like, which I've done many times, all <laughs> I get is very, very salty. Yeah, I I only like the tiniest hint of marmite, and you really scrape that across the bread and let it sink in. Right. I don't want it like slathered. Do you put on, it on like much. hot bread and it melts? You'd have it on toast. Yeah, I don't know. The idea You're of it melting really, bread. really makes me. Uh, mm, the idea of it melting. What you do? You get the bread, right? My, this okay. is. Kieran, Lee, Kieran recipe right okay, here. Okay, here you go. You get the bread. Yeah, you get your bread. Put it in the toaster and you toast that bread. Toast the bread. No one knows for how long. The toaster decides that. The toaster does decide that. <laughs> you, Mine is useless, that it's fair. You have no, no control anyway. But you don't really want it burnt no. or even brown. I want it barely toasted. Oh, okay? no. Basically warm bread. Oh, that's horrible. And then you put some butter on. Okay. Yeah. And then just a little bit, just a little bit of marmite, and you scrape that in just so that it'll have like a light brown texture. Okay. And then you cut that in half. Mm-hmm. So you've got two halves, and you two eat halves. that, and that's your marmite and toast. Thank you, Key, <laughs> for that delicious recipe. Um, for more, please visit we'relistening.com slash recipe. Um, speaking of food, Key, Fraser's got profiteroles here from the fridge um, yeah. from some famous pastry place that he's tried out. They don't look anything like I know profiteroles to be. Profiteroles in this country, which are one of my favourites, a lovely, luxurious dessert. You buy them in like a little pyramid. It's a little shoe pastry bowl. There's normally a little chocolate lid on the top, and they've got chocolate and cream inside. These things are like complete just pastry on their on their own. There's no chocolate on them. And then he like powders them with like powdered sugar or something. Um, he overpowders, as Niall says. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, have you had profiteroles in the way I'm describing them? Have you ever had them? I know of them, yeah. and I've definitely I mean, seen them. There is I don't think nothing I... to dislike there. They are delicious. I don't think I've ever actually bought them, just because I feel like I always go for the cheaper option. They are they are quite a, a luxurious dessert. Um, yeah. But they always look all right, yeah. Yeah, and, also don't, and like, there's only like one each, and Fraser puts the plate down. Profiteroles, you know, you're, you're having about three to four, I'd say, in this country. It's like a normal portion, because, um, you know, they're like the size of a golf ball, I'd say. Mm. Um just some profiterole observations there. Um, when Diane starts having her breakdown, Fraser says, Niles, can you get her some water? Fraser thinks she needs water. She's having a breakdown. She's got yeah. she's got a wine in front of her. Getting her water? Is this just like arbitrary? I, I think he's just getting Niles out, out of the, the way, way maybe. I mean, in, in the UK, someone has said, well, you go make some tea. Yeah, um, that, that we're not sure what to do. But if you make some tea, at least we've got it on hand. Fine, um, I'll make my own tea. <laughs> so um, true, though. It's, yeah, I, I think he, he's just getting Niles out of the way, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a there's a great deal to it. I, um, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I forgot what I was going to say, to be honest. It's Sorry. fine. Can you tell me the programme that Diane was writing for? Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> a little thing called Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Medicine Woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's all I heard when she was telling oh, the story. Honestly. When and, you brought right? that... Sorry, you go. 
Oh no, you go ahead. I was going to say when you brought up that quote on like on the you know way back when, I still cry with laughter thinking about that. You, yeah. you go now. You go. Um, he's like so. Jane Seymour, I'm assuming, is the the lead in that show. She must have been. Was she not married to Henry VIII? Do you think Jane? Yes, you are. Um, Five hundred <laughs> years woman. ago. Uh, Same woman. <laughs> this is the Jane Seymour who played Solitaire in Live and Let Die, i.e., the most attractive Bond girl that has ever existed on Earth. Um, you Google was... Jane Seymour Solitaire, you're gonna see what the fuss is all about. Um, but that is who Jane Seymour okay. is, and she's still alive now and has aged very well. It has to be said. Um, so okay. I recommend people just Google Jane Seymour. You know, just <laughs> see where it leads you. Um, Fraser taking the high road here and, you know, saying, of course, I'll help you, Diane. Genuinely quite touching, considering we know that earlier he was, like, getting on his soapbox about having his heart ripped out and thrown to dogs as a chew toy. Actually, you know, he says that at the end. But, um, yeah, I think it's nice that he does this. And I think they're, you know, their kind of mini reconciliation here is, is nice, as, you know, as nice as it can be. Yeah, it's really sweet. And I think we see a lot of development in Frasier in this episode that mm-hmm. he really comes to terms with something that's obviously been bothering him for a long time. Yeah. Even if not overtly bothering him. Um, and he, we really see some character growth from him, I think, in this episode. The one line I don't get at the end of this scene is when Niles gets upset and he starts saying, oh, oh nothing, I'm, I'm just missing my Maris. Yeah. Is that because Diane... Needs Frasier. I, 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 I think it's because she had a breakdown and went crazy because Martin makes a joke about oh. her being crazy out there, and then it, then he says it. Um, okay, that makes more sense. I just didn't really get it. That... it it's it's funny-ish, but I mean Nas's reaction is a bit like I, I don't know. It's it's very like Amdram. Um, yeah. He's not. He's clearly not upset. He's clearly not crying. Um, coffee count. I should say. I'm going to try and keep reminding people. Steve Mutum is on an absolute warpath at the moment in collecting his stats for uh, for the show, and will be up to date. You know, as soon as he as soon as he can be. So this figure is subject to change. But at the moment, I just had the two that Nars and Frazier have in this episode, which brings us to 77, I believe. Um, so we're still averaging more than one an episode at this point, I think, because this is episode 70, 71. Um, Frazier's reference to Bruno Marley's again. Do you remember when Bruno Marley's were last mentioned on Frasier, Key? Oh, they were. They were in a very pointed exchange. Was it right at the start when they... Were they buying... Martin clothes and they were talking. Wait, no, is it Niles? I was talking about Bruno Marley. Could I be think it was Niles, right? That's a start. little suggestive eyebrow raise from myself there. I can't remember what episode it was, but they, they rang a bell and I knew they were shoes, so they've come up before. It's my coffee with Niles uh, when he's like, not even these three hundred dollar pairs of Bruno Marleys, and he's like, and not about the tassels, but yet again, there they are um, <laughs> yes. when they're sitting outside. So there you go. Um, Fraser's single conversation he has with himself, absolutely top notch. Like Niles, you are such a busybody. I'm not sitting with you. Um, just <laughs> I a- love absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's just how he carries this. Niles is like Roy look on his face, reaching for the notepad to like make observations, and Fraser leaves. Just a lot to enjoy here, I think. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's all... Um, obviously, Niles is physically reacting to him, but Kelsey, in terms of actually carrying it off and having this conversation with himself, does a really good job of... He does. ...of anticipating what he knows Niles is going to say. Mm-hmm. Saying it to himself in his head and then giving the next slot. It's just... It's a really nice little bit. It's really well written. 
well performed um, and it's funny it's really funny it's a good line a, well, a good scene it is um, after KSCL Diane is back at the apartment they quote now um, from is it Serrano de Bergerac yeah it's it night making all things yeah night making all things dimly beautiful one veil over us all I think yeah after that Diane feels like it should be like from Lord of the Rings it is a wonderful quote though like I made a note of it it's again like Frasier always does he just brings these quotes into conversation. I wish I could do this. Like this is just a perfect moment for that line. And he just has like an archive. And the amount I bloody read and can't remember any quotes at all. Like you know, I can, so I can, I can do it. Lord of the Rings, I, do you? I, yeah, I can do it with TV shows. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just but, books are books are harder. I think. Um, <laughs> a fantastic line from Martin now about how he'd rather Fraser go gay and shack up with the punk who shot him rather than uh, go out with what... Diane. I was trying to work out the end of that sentence because I couldn't quite catch it, and all I heard was "yeah, shack up with," and I couldn't work out. Oh, uh, the, yeah. the punk who shot the, me. That makes sense. Um, just, just hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Uh, Martin doesn't get a fat lot to do in this episode. I mean, Daphne even less has to be said. Daphne is barely in this at all. Neither is Roz. Um, but that what? is that's a funny line. Um, obviously. Frasier, you get a nice little comeback from Frasier to that. Is uh, the new Frasier? Is this the temptation to correct your French? Nice. What is? What did Martin actually? Because he says Vivier Lamour. Is, what is? I just is that him, live yeah. and let live. Lamour. Live and let love. Lamour is love. It sounds like live and let love or something. Um, yeah. But is he, he trying to say say la vie, which is that's life, right? Maybe. I, yeah, I, I did flag that. I didn't quite hear what he was pronouncing. Um, so it's an interesting one. What's the name of a? Uh, Diane's play, okay. Rhapsody and Requiem. Yeah, which is an absolutely abysmal name. Like that it's is a dreadful name. That is the it? most try hard literary with a capital L name for a for a play I've ever heard. And it's got nothing yeah. to effing do with either of those terms. Um it's like just trying to be pretentious and it trying is. to I mean that's the that, that's the joke, obviously. And yeah. we know that's the joke, I should say, like saying it's a crap name. That's the point. But uh, even 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 for a crap name, it's got nothing to do with what's going on. Um, the guy who plays Franklin, uh, he's in a yes. lot of things I've seen. Um, he's quite famous. I think his name's Prue. No, is he called Prue in a film I've seen him in? I think I think he is. Um, he was in a great thriller called The Invitation. It's on Netflix. Plays a very in- intimidating man. He was in the Zod- Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac. Um, one of the best films, of my opinion, of this century. Um, it's amazing. Um, and I think he's like at one point he's one of the suspects as, as being the Zodiac killer. But yeah, he's just been in a lot of things. He's quite he's got a really intimidating presence. And in this, it's not quite as visible. Obviously, he's playing a different vibe. But he's a big guy. I think he's like six four or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, a good character actor, I'd say. Um, yeah, and I think all of them do a good job of impersonating the Cheers characters because yeah, it doesn't do. matter like the one who plays Cliff um, it's obviously an, a very good impression mm. of the real Cliff Yeah, but you can buy into that because of how they're doing it and how they've been directed it, it makes sense yeah. that is a Cliff impression and, and it works very well and I think they all do a good job to be honest with you I, th- I completely um, agree. Um, I, you know, Cheers is such a funny one. I just, I want to love it, and yeah, I feel the same. I way. don't I think mean, I'm ever going to crack that nut. What I find is, um, I, I'm really interested by Fraser's facial expressions as all this yep. is going on. Um, <laughs> like, do you know the, the bit where like um, his look like where Franklin goes, "Dead depends, sir." 
on whether I choose to embrace your principles <laughs> or your mistress. Yeah. Does, does Frasier like that joke? Because he gives a slightly different wry expression. I think he's just kind of saying, mm, that's a little on the nose because that's exactly <laughs> what I would say. But I think, yeah, he's, probably, he's having a mirror held up to him and I don't think he likes it completely. But yeah, this, it's funny. It's funny. Um, I mean, I've just made a note that the play is terrifying and cultish um that's that's cultish not kiddenish um just the way they all go marianne in the in the spotlight really chilling um but a great line from fraser you know i hold no ill will toward you for that (laughs) just complete revising of their past um it's just yeah it's Deeply unsettling. I mean, um, it was a tad inconsiderate. A tad inconsiderate. <laughs> and then Fraser comes on stage to tell them all how you should have felt, and like those bony fingers are just a <laughs> massive rant. Um, you know, this this is a hilarious climax. I think. Yeah. Ultimately, under 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 not no yeah underpinned. I was going to say undercut, but that that's a negative term. Underpinned, I would say, by a genuinely moving reconciliation between the two of them. Um, yeah. You know, I'm reasonably sure you're not the devil, but then it kind of expands into like there's actual warmth there, um, and they do get closure, which Niles obviously refers to at the beginning of the app. Yeah, I mean his little his monologue. I I love the um, this woman has reached into your chest, plucked out your plucked heart. Out your heart. It's so well done, and and I love like the little finger point at the end, and her name is Marianne, and, then, <laughs> and everyone starts applauding as he walks out. I They're like, like this. This guy's better than us. He should be in this. Fight. It's like give him the chair when he's yeah. like, you know. Um, so it's absolutely fantastic, and then I love, I love the reconciliation. Actually, I think it's really beautiful. I think everything about it is really nice, and that the fact that you know he's he's reasonably sure she's not the devil, not a hundred percent. But, he's really but he wouldn't sure. put money on it at no, this stage. No, which is always um, nice to hear. And it's just a really, really beautiful thing that they they say goodbye first through their characters. You know, the way they say goodbye, Marianne, goodbye, Franklin. Nice little bit of comedy with her overthinking it and and giving herself positive notes. Yeah. Um, and then they do it again and they've got that really meaningful little hug. And this time, instead of calling themselves Franklin and Marianne, they're calling themselves you know, Diane and Fraser using their real names. And it's no longer an act for them. It's not them working on an ending, or it, this is a genuine reconciliation. And it's it's a really beautiful moment. And I love the honesty about it. The fact that they're probably never going to see each other again, which is quite sad, um, you know. And like her, her hoping a little bit. You know, would 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 Franklin hope that he does? And he's like, yeah, maybe. You know, but I think they they both realise they can't. And particularly Fraser, given how he's clearly felt about Diane all this time. Um, he's realising he can't live in the past anymore and he can't keep looking backwards and thinking, oh, well, I might see her again. It might, you know, who knows, in the future something might happen. This is him finally having closure and moving on and saying, okay, well, that's that's the end of that. And and it's really it's really heartwarming, actually. I think it's really, really nice. The hug's really nice. Um, it's a really, I think it's a really beautiful ending, actually. The only thing I find a bit weird is that she's clearly with the guy who's playing Stan. Yes. Yet she had nothing going for her a scene ago. Um, she was on about how her boyfriend of two years had left her. Um, yeah. she's She's flown to Seattle recently for the opening of the play. Mm. So she's got on with Stan pretty quick. Pretty quick. And... It's a it's a passionate kiss. It's a, it is a very passionate kiss. It is. It's just a bit... I find that a little bit weird. Mm. I, it's obviously shoehorned in, so Fraser immediately knows she doesn't feel the same way he does. Yeah. But that's the only bit I don't really like of that last scene. But the the, the reconciliation, I think, is beautiful. 
Yeah, I completely agree, actually. I do think it's slightly undercuts. Um, and I'm not going to... Yeah, you've given a perfect summary of the reconciliation there, so I don't need to say any more. Just, yeah, it feels very final, and I think that's good for closure, but also, you know, quite sad for Fraser as well, I guess. Um, but, yeah. The the post credit scene, did you watch this? I vaguely remember something to do with Eddie. Eddie's I got think. the sock on the thing, but then, like, it goes into, like, the spotlight on Eddie, and he has a speech bubble above his head with, like, text in it as if he's talking, just like oh. in the play. Um, oh, okay. And it's like a really weird throwback to the play, but it's just extremely strange. Like probably the only time Eddie's ever given like a line of dialogue, um, obviously not spoken, but kind of weird. But there you go. Uh, is this episode in your top ten key? It is not in my top ten, but it was better than I thought. Actually, I I came in with quite low expectations, thinking I, as I remember, I didn't like it, but mm. actually it was okay. It was fine. It was a decent episode. Decent episode. Um, it's not in my top ten either, um, but I, I agree with you. Uh, who have you gone for actor pick? Oh, I actually thought it was a bit more option this week than we get most. But usually, I think there's obviously there's usually a standout contender or there's what well, is between one or two people. Mm. Whereas this time for me, I had three who were in the mix. Really, um, being Niles for his lines at the start. He is really good. Shelley Long was, nice. in, was in the mix because I thought she did a really great job with that scene. Oh, where I think she's, she's really good. Putting her foot in it and antagonizing everyone. And up until about 80% of the way through, she was winning. But I just think Frasier's little speeches and monologues, and I mean, I'm not going to, we've obviously spoken about it already, but, and as well the touching reconciliation at the end and how he really matures as a character. I think that it'd be very harsh on me not to give it to Kelsey for that. So for that reason, I've got to go with with Frasier, but it is an honourable shout out to Shelley Long, who was not far away from stealing a best actor pick. I am in complete agreement with you. Um, so Frasier is also my pick, but Shelley Long really did put a great number in her. Um, yeah. I think it was our rule; it could be anyone who appears more than once, and obviously she does. Yeah. So yeah, so she could. She could is have fair won. game. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. This this episode is about Frasier's character development and. It's handled very well, I think. Um, Kennedy Burlinky, what would he make of this episode? And has he ever written or starred in a play? He's had plays written about him. Really? Can you can you maybe Be- give us any names or any themes that show up in these plays? Well, let me tell you, people go, why do they come here night after night? <laughs> Kennedy Burlinky. Kennedy Burlinky. <laughs> <laughs> I would go and see Kennedy in, in a lot of things. Um, I think he'd be particularly good in Equus. I'm a big fan oh of Equus. I can <laughs> see I can see Kennedy in Equus having a pathological obsession with horses. I'm um, I'm haunted by that play to this day. Do you think he would make a really good Stanley in in Streetcar Named Desire? I think he would actually. Yeah. That'd work quite well. Or the brutish gamekeeper in in Ham Radio in the Nightmare Inn. Um, <laughs> thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play Who's Crying Is Anyway before we jump over to listener mail. It's a simple word, it's a single word, and it is Awry. Oh, a W R Y. I'm pretty sure it's it's Diane. Yes um, it is. <laughs> is it um I think does she say like, oh, I need to apologise for the last time things went awry between us or, or things obviously ended a bit awry. Very, like very that. well remembered, Key. It yeah. was tough this week to get any kind of single word. Um initially misled I was gonna use because she uses the word misled, but then Fraser uses it immediately afterwards and I was like, ah oh. um there you go. Well played, young man. Shall we jump over to listener mail? Uh yes, let's do it, mate. Excellent. Roz, who's our next caller? 
Okay, for listening to this week, we've had a lot of comments actually for this episode, or for Come Lie With Me, um, and they're all quite long, so we are going to do our little mailbag format. So what we're going to do is we're going to read out two comments from, we believe, first-time callers, first-time uh, listeners dropping in a little mailbag message. We're going to read those two out. We'll read Corey and Hamish's out because they are our resident quiz masters and they take care and look after the quizzes every week, so we're going to read theirs out. And then I'm going to use a very fair number generator, which I will do live on air, um, to decide who else we read. Um, so hopefully no one feels too aggrieved, but if you go and look on the Reddit thread, there's quite a lot here, and it would take us, you know, a fair while to get through and comment on. So Rochambeau puts, Will and Key, I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm thrilled to have finally caught up so I can comment in real time. I'm also a little sad. Now what will I listen to as I'm falling asleep? Since Adventures in Paradise, I've been absolutely dying to contribute my answer to the question what is Fraser's name for his thing? Guys, Fraser obviously calls it Le Cigar Volant. I always <laughs> thought that sa- name sounded Freudian. It means the flying cigar. And I mean, there's, there's you know, associations here <laughs> you, can, you can draw. Um, I won't rattle on, but I had to get that off my chest. Fantastic job on the podcast. You both make me laugh out loud every episode. I can't wait for a live episode. Big ups to all my homies in lockdown. Stay black, cell, cell block D, as Maris says in season 11. So glad to be part of this community. Thank you very much, Rochambeau. Uh, next up, we've got Vandalay. Um, just a small tidbit. There was a mention of a comment that it was ironic that something was orange because they were playing squash. Um, you mentioned lime and lemon squash referring to the drink. But I wonder if they were referring to the food, i.e. pumpkins they and gourds. definitely were. We put my foot in it there. <laughs> if the commenter was American, that's probably what they meant. Um, we don't refer to the drink as squash. We would have lemonade or limeade. So I believe that was Caitlin uh, making that little trivia. And I completely butchered it, Caitlin. So apologies. Um, and you'll, you'll obviously hear now that, that we know a week later. Um, but she definitely meant squash, as in butternut squash. Um, which just reminds me of the quote from Friends, when obviously Ross says the wrong name at the, at the wedding. And then Joey's like, oh yeah, it's like me the other day. I said squadernut bosh instead of butternut. And then Ross is like, yeah, that's the same. <laughs> Um, Cam Winston puts Howdy lads Well I'm back now After a hectic week So hopefully we can get back To some routine After listening to this episode And hearing about Whose line is it anyway I've written a We're listening hoedown So sing this In your best Ryan styles On Colin Mockery voice <laughs> Will and Keela Frazier They host a weekly show They distract themselves With tangents If the episode is slow Okay finish it Finish it <laughs> Come on, come on. Um, MK and the Hummy source all the trivia, but more importantly, is up the villa. There we go. Hoedown for the homeless, and we're listening. That was wonderfully done. Um, I was so glad. You shouldn't get embarrassed at all. I embarrass very easily. When you started doing it, I was like, yes, it's (laughs) to Will. How are you? Um, thank you so much, uh, Hamish, for that. Um, and listeners, apologies. Oh, my promise, my singing voice is actually slightly better than that when I'm trying to give it all the pipes. Um, I promise you, mine isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to read uh, MK's and then I'll get a number generator up? Yeah, so uh, MK's um, another beauty. This show is not Amish at all. Um, Key, when you spoke about Kelsey and his measured paced deliveries, and you can't think of anyone else who does that, I'd highly recommend Matthew Berry in What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. His character of Laszlo Cravensworth, good name, um, does what you're talking about to amazing effect. Um, trivia and fun bits for the show where Diane comes back. Uh, Nars's line, no, can't say we did, can't say is we did. one of the lines I use a lot in everyday conversation. 
I feel that is one that you could you could carry across like quite well, actually. Lot. I like that a lot. Um, um, definitely could use that. During the dress rehearsal, Fraser's jacket is almost the same colour as the theatre seats. Mm. Um, though in a quick rewatch, I think they are different plants. Niles has a plant in the back corner of his office that appears to be starved of sunlight. If you were, Doctor. <laughs> oh, I never know it. <laughs> um, and in Diane's play, she has her Norm character have some of the lines would, that would indicate that he may also be hopelessly infatuated with her, which was not true of Cheers. Curious if this was an attempt to show more about how Diane really felt or a writing flub. I noticed that, actually. It seemed quite weird that Norm was one of the characters who was, Mary Ann is why I come every night I thought I thought they all said it though isn't, isn't, isn't no, the point oh just three of them I think really I, I don't think Cliff says it that's so weird yeah I'm misremembering it then that is odd I just I think it must just be I just I just took it to be her complete revisioning because aren't that uh, it's only the men that say it it is only the men I, I then, maybe... then surely to me it's like well here's her having an extremely idealised version of the past and how she was perceived by men I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember Cliff being one of them. That's that's a good point. So who knows? Um, it's a very very valid point from Corey there. Um, is that everything? Sorry. I think that is everything. Then it goes into the actual trivia. I think. Excellent. So I've got my number generator up. Um, I don't know how many Four. we'll get through here. I mean, maybe three. Um, so please, no one feel aggrieved. We read the comments. Um, obviously, I see them come through live on Reddit. Um, so keep them coming. Here we go. 11, which I believe is the very last one, um, which is Katie Brightside, puts another great podcast this week, guys, despite having a below average episode to review. I absolutely loved the talk about whose line is it anyway. It brought back such a rush of nostalgia and I instantly heard, and Richard Ranch on the piano it, uh, in my head. I also have to say that mental image of looking up into a cavernous hot air balloon made me feel quite queasy. I don't think I'd ever given it much thought before, but, before, but suddenly I feel I can happily go the rest of my life and never go near a hot air balloon. Also, if you've read in McEwen's book Enduring Love there's another massive reason to steer clear of them I've not read Enduring Love though I do think there is some kind of hot air balloon disaster in, in it is Ian McEwen did he write recently a, um, a book about robots oh and my... then got uh, he got quite aggrieved that people said it was sci-fi oh I think. it's called Machines Like Us and yeah. it's like it, pre- it presents the daring idea that AI or machines could fall in love with humans that's never been done before Ian <laughs> That's not literally been the bedrock of science fiction for the last 70 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ian McEwen is like literary of a capital L. Um, you know, it's it just... I've never read any. He wrote Atonement on Chesil Beach, Saturday, those kind of books. I've not read any. Um, kind of turned off him a little bit because he's, he's, he's just like one of the classic, like, you study him at A-level type deals. Um, but yeah, he did He did write a, a, a shitty sci-fi book um, and then got annoyed. Um I'm really looking forward to hearing your takes on the next few episodes as there's a definite jump up in the quality of them and Moondance is one of my favourites. I'm also someone who finds Oreos overrated. Give me a custard cream or digestive any day. There you That's go. That's true. Katie Brightside is, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain, British anyway. We've spoken to her before. So if that wasn't already apparent, it definitely is now. The real question, Katie, is custard cream or bourbon? Because I feel bourbon and custard cream... It, it, they it are in battle they... with one another. It depends what day of the week you ask me. It's yeah, uh, flip flop. It's really tough. I'm, I'm going to sound really controversial here. I, neither of them really set my world on fire. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're giving me a death oh. stare there, Kate. Okay. Um, what, what, what's your choice then, mate? I'll, sure. get, I'll get an Aldi's OT, um, which is Aldi's Oat. equivalent of a chocolate hobnob, but it's amazing and delicious. In fairness, the, the off-brand stuff at Aldi, you can't tell the difference. It's like 30p a for a tube of I these mean, things, and they're absolutely unreal. Somewhere here. What are you fishing out there behind the scenes? I'm probably not going to be able to find it now. Yeah, I can't find it. I have a Jive bar, which is their knockoff version of a Twix. I have them in the downstairs cupboard. I mean, I haven't got one here, but I've got the wrapper. There's an empty wrapper. Have you ever had a Titan and knock off Mars bars? That's around here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a huge fan of them. Um, I I genuinely can't tell the difference. No, they they did recently. There was a change in the Titan. I feel like they're adding sweetener rather than sugar. Um, Oh, possibly. I know the... There's obviously been like quite a lot of controversy recently in this country about off-brand foods with this caterpillar cake. Yes. Thing. I mean, what a mess this country is in. Um, nearly going <laughs> at war with France over fishing and then now Between it's... Brexit, a pandemic, almost starting a war with France. But what we're focusing on is the big news. The big news. Cuthbert the caterpillar. Cuthbert the caterpillar. <laughs> Honestly, save your cake conflicts, please. Um, okay, okay, I'll uh, generate one for you and you can read one out. So we got yeah. 10. So the one above Katie Brightside. So I think is it Miss Worcester That's 22? The one. That's the one. Um, I've been looking forward to this review for ages because Come Lie With Me is in my top 10. Woo! Wonderful sound effects. <laughs> Here's my theory about the episode. I have a feeling Frazier's aversion to Daphne's sex life stems more from a biological and territorial aspect. If you think about it, first to invade the apartment was Martin, then Eddie, then Daphne, plus Niles, is there enough, and now practically a stranger, Joe, also invading Frazier's home and leaving his mark or scent. Mm. Apologies for the rather disgusting image. Scent marking think... the divan. <laughs> I mean, I just picture his um, what was it? His shirt clinging to his back, despite the fact he had a jacket. Over exactly, the top of his wasn't shirt. sweating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a dollop of deep down subconscious jealousy. A young, good-looking, strong man getting sex in his apartment mm. when Fraser gets so little. I think this almost <laughs> says it all. Um, Fraser can't take this out on Joe, which is why he it comes across in this slightly off way to Daphne. Um, this episode is consistent throughout. So many hilarious moments. That's why it's in my top ten. Can't wait to hear Moon Dance. The rare occasion where two of my top tens are back to back. So another top ten Woo! in Moon Dance. Uh, thanks again for a wonderful podcast. You both make me laugh so much, and I love being part of this Fraser family. Yours, run for your life. Oh, that's nice. That is very nice. Let's have one more, and the generator says seven, which I believe is Asterisk. I believe that is Through Portland. So Through Portland puts, Come Live Me is a fun episode, but the quality of season three picks up in the back half. I enjoy the episode with Diane because it's got a bit of grit that the show hasn't really shown much to this point. Later episodes, including ones I refuse to watch now, like Rooms with a View because they're so sad, touch much more on the emotional side of life. To see Fraser's wounds in full view is an interesting angle, even if the episode itself isn't one of the best. On not finishing books, I recently cited Ken McLeod's Fall Revolution series of books after buying the omnibus and gave up after about 60 pages. A character had been introduced that had almost exactly the same name as another, which was The Last Straw. I'll never see that money again, and I'm tempted to send an invoice to the author for wasting my time. One thing I don't think I heard you guys discuss was the European Super League. What's your take on that as Villa fans? There is nowhere near enough time in this podcast, <laughs> unfortunately, through Portland to talk about the Super League. I think me, I think it's safe to say us, like 99% of football fans around the world, thought it was an absolutely disgusting cash grab that undermines 100, 200 years of history. And I'm so glad that it fell flat on its ass. And suffice to say, I do not think the sanctions that have been imposed on the British clubs is anywhere near. It's dreadful. What they they need to be absolutely like taken to the cleaners. Yeah, I, I'm. 
I was apoplectic with rage, shall we put it like yeah. that. I was not happy. I'm still not happy. Um, and I think that... I'm critical, actually, of those who, who, who say, oh, this person did this, this person... I, I think there's a lot of people at those clubs who should have actually done more and been more vocal immediately. Yeah. And have since... Brush, I've since moved on very quickly. Yeah, I feel that this isn't something we should be moving on from. This was something that needs to stem a bit of a revolution in, in English football about making sure fans have more influence to prevent something like this happening again, which I don't think is a controversial opinion. I think that's... No. You speak to 99% of people in this country, they'd probably probably agree with you. I think so. so. Um, just to undermine like Leicester City's win like five, six years ago, it's one of the most incredible sporting achievements of all time. And, and when you look you at know. some of the teams who are who are going to be in it, you know, Spurs haven't won anything since about the sixties, no, um, or anything you know really substantial. Arsenal are currently a, a mid-table team. Yeah. They're not, and they're not going to you know, get Europe next season in, in any form. No, you know. Um, you look, arguably, United haven't had a really great team since Ferguson retired. Liverpool won their first title in over 30 years And it's just year. thrown the defence away in dramatic fashion. Yeah. Um, and City and Chelsea, you could both argue they're both nouveau rich and for a long, long time were not in the upper echelons of English clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the likes of Nottingham Forest, who've got more European club uh, cups than the vast majority of those teams. Yeah. Um, they weren't in the mix. They weren't being discussed. And what I find crazy as well, actually, is the fact that as an afterthought to try and, I assume, garner some kind of popularity, they said, oh, we're going to do the same thing for women and have a women's European Super League. Yeah. Despite the fact that Liverpool's women's team are not even in the top flight of women's football. They're, they're not in the, the their equivalent of the Premier League. They're in what would be the equivalent of the Championship. And just a lovely bit of performative like inclusivity there that meant nothing. They just thought, oh, yeah. if we if we do this for the women's game, people will be on board. Like we see through that bullshit, yeah. you know. And and the fact that all the women came around and went, we've not been told about this. Yeah. We've heard nothing yeah. at all. It's just insane. It's, um, yeah, and I, it's a complete lack of understanding, respect, or care for what football means in this country. I think, and it was rightly condemned widely. I mean, when you bring. Boris Johnson, Keir Starmer, and Jeremy Corbyn together on a subject. It's um, it's a unique moment, it is, isn't it? It is. It really is. Um, but yeah, that is that is a whole can of worms um, that yeah. we could go into. We could go on about all day. So we'll we'll leave it there. Next week we'll be looking at season three, episode fifteen. A word to the wise guy, which I'm a big fan of. Um, we of course had Jerome, I think, on a previous podcast episode, Jer- didn't we? Jerome Belasco. Um, did we have Jerome on a previous podcast? Well, I think someone said one of my impersonations sounded like him when we yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> Jerome Velasco coming back. Um, I also, thank you everyone who wrote into Listener Mail as well. I, I forgot to say that. Um, really, really appreciate it as always. Keep it coming. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Kay. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.